building an alliance. There are enemies coming. I need warriors. I just pushed some people and run away. to the podcast. I am Andre Hutchins and this is episode 43 of Backseat Directors. On today's episode we will be discussing and reviewing one of the most anticipated films of 2017 and one of the most anticipated comic book and superhero movies ever. And on today's episode I will have I will be joined by one of the most loyal and supportive listeners of Backseat Directors and a good family friend, Malia Stoner. Malia is also a very big comic book fan and has much more extensive knowledge about today's topic than I do, so it is a pleasure to have her on, and I'm so glad to have all of you here listening. We hope you guys enjoy today's show, so let's go ahead and get this movie review going. I'm ready. I'll talk about Justice League forever if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, Malia. It, it has been a long time coming. It really has been a long time coming. I think, it has. You know, I, I think... I think from day one, when I like posted, because uh, I, th- I think I first announced it like on Instagram or Facebook, and you were like one of the first persons, if not the first person, to message me and go, "Cool!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh, someone who loves movies as much as I do." <laughs> it's not Rotten Tomatoes, woohoo! <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? That and that could be a totally separate podcast. You and I can just totally vent on right. how much we hate Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> but, but okay, but for, first though, Malia, I need I need all the listeners who are going to be listening to this podcast right now to know how incredibly supportive you have been, honestly, from day one. I mean, outside of like my wife and. Like my I, my dad and Roxanne and my sister Roxanne, they they I know they listen to like my podcast and every single episode and stuff like that. But like you are so engaging and so interactive online. Like you 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 make sure to know that like you are like my number one fan. <laughs> That's not super stalker or anything. <laughs> no no no. And what I mean by engaging though is that like no, we're always talking about movies and I love it. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember a time where we don't talk about movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and for anyone who I, I guess doesn't know you or doesn't know me that well, you know, we we both uh, know each other from our days in Reno. Mm-hmm. And even though you're not originally from Reno, neither am I. I, I have spent I spent most of my life growing up in Reno. And so, uh, you know, my family had the pleasure of knowing your family for many, many years through church and other and other things. And and yeah, you guys have been an awesome family. And I'm just I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, Malia, are you ready to be a backseat director? 
I am ready to be a backseat director. Okay, well, you know how the show goes, so you know how we start out uh, each episode when we have a new guest. So are you ready for some guest questions and get to know you questions? Yes, and I have been thinking about these all week, and it's driving me crazy because my answers have changed every day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's see how you do. So uh, let's go ahead and, uh, yeah, let's do these uh, get to know you questions. Now it's time for some get to know you questions. Okay. Okay, Malia. Question number one. What is your Desert Island movie? Oh, my gosh. Okay. And it's everyone's favorite movie of the year, of course. It's going to be Suicide Squad. Really? Wow. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let's hear Let's hear why. Because I, I honestly, I can watch that movie over and over again, and I always find, like, something new in it. And I just... And I love Harley and Joker so much. And there's action. There's every, you have everything in one movie. So I could watch it over and over again and be happy on a desert island. Harley Quinn is the best part of that movie. Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie and how she played Harley Quinn, uh, like the best part for me of that movie. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the 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 guy who created Harley Quinn was like, oh my gosh, she is she's real. She's she's real. <laughs> That's what he said about Margot Robbie. I'm like, yay. <laughs> So it, it must it must it must get under your skin when you know because I, I think I think a lot of people find it easy you know to bash Suicide Squad even people who really enjoy the DC movies you know um, yeah <laughs> do you, oh do my you, family my family's like that too oh really my family, so, yeah so do you find yourself it. often having to defend the movie oh I do I have to defend Jared Leto all the time I think he was a magnificent Joker yeah the Joker's never the same you can't compare and everyone compares him to Heath Ledger but. Heath Ledger was a completely different Joker from Jack Nicholson. Right. Oh yeah. No. Oh no. Very. Very. Very different. Yeah. They. I mean, between those two, they were very unique. And and I know. <laughs> so so Malia Malia part participated in our uh, our live podcast show and, and on our Facebook live. And I remember you said you said we were talking about like like our favorite Jokers, and you said don't forget about Mark Hamill because uh-huh. you know, Mark Hamill for years and years voice acted the Joker on uh, the Batman cartoon series. Um, so okay, so tell me who is your favorite Joker then? This is a totally off topic. I'm just curious to oh, know though. My my favorite Joker? Yeah. Oh, it would have to be it would have to be Mark Hamill. And oh. Because, well, oh, because he's the one I got. I, Mm. But see, Cesar Romero is good too because I grew up with watching the Batman show. Oh too. yes, oh yeah. So and you know with the, with his mustache all combed with the white makeup and everything. Yep. But so it and Mark Hamill voices the video games too, and I really love the Batman video games. So it's all it's Mark Hamill's the he's the epitome of the Joker. If you think if you think of any Joker, you if your if you don't go to Mark Hamill because every, well everyone in this generation and stuff, they'll go to Heath Ledger. Cause don't get me wrong. He did a magnificent job. Right. Right. But Mark Hamill is the Joker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I mean, I remember watching that series. I, I don't think, okay. And so we're going to do a lot of background on you and your, your fandom and your love of all things, comic books, especially DC and things like that. But we'll, we'll get into that once we actually start to review the movie. So we'll, okay. let's save let's save some of that. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Let's save some for the review. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Malia, when you go to the theater, what is your favorite snack that you like to snack on while there? Uh, popcorn and sour patch kids mixed together. What? 
<laughs> no. Okay. So uh-huh. I've heard some crazy stuff on this podcast, and and twice I've heard people say that they like to throw in Skittles in their popcorn. They eat Skittles with popcorn, which to me still seems crazy. But sour or hot patch tamales. Okay, but I've done that before, and that's actually good though. <laughs> no, the sour patch kids is good too. See, I love I love both, and I eat both. I've never mixed them though. Oh, they're good mixed together. Really. Nice. Okay. Okay. Sour Patch Kids mixed with popcorn. Very good. Very good. Okay, Malia, question number three. Are you ready? I'm ready. What was the first movie that ever made you cry? This is this is so a non girly answer. You ready? Oh. So dad so dad took dad loved the Rocky movies. So we saw I've seen all the Rocky movies in the theater. Rocky Four is the first movie I remember crying in. When really? Apollo Creed died. I cried. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. That that part that part of the movie when when Apollo or I mean when uh, when Rocky he wants to throw the towel and Apollo tells him no no mm-hmm. don't throw it and Apollo's wife is begging throw the towel. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yep. You're making I me cried. cry right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's, that's good. I remember crying in. Okay, okay. No, so I'm just curious, though. I'm just curious. Because um, I give people the option, of, you know, if they can't remember the first movie that they made them cry, then what was the last movie? But I, I want to know, what was the last movie that made you cry? Oh, the last movie. I just watched that today. It's it's um, called The Family Stone. Have you ever seen that movie? With Diane Keaton? No, and... I haven't seen it. I I know it has Diane Keaton in it, and it has, um, who is the actor that plays, uh, isn't it Coach? It's the guy yeah, that plays. Craig the... T. Nelson. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, yeah, from yeah, from um, um, Parenthood. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie. No, it's really good. Yeah. No, that that movie gets me in the gut all the time. I oh. always cry when I watch that movie. Oh, very good. I think I'll have to check it out then. Okay, Malia. Question number four: Do you have a favorite director and or actor? I have both. Okay, let's hear them. Kevin Smith is my favorite director. Nice, nice. And my favorite actor, I'll go with the one since I've had since I was little. Johnny Depp is, has been my favorite actor since I was like 13 years old. <laughs> yes. Do you remember like the first time like you like remember seeing him in a movie? Like, oh my gosh, Johnny Depp. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, wow. Re- really going back. Well done. And that. I used to watch him on 21 Jump Street every week, too. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't realize that he was on that. I, yeah, I don't think. Yeah. You have to be old to remember that show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait, Molly, tell me what your favorite Kevin Smith movie is. Dogma. Ooh, okay. Okay, very good. Very good. See, see, it sounds like your, your answers are pretty, they're pretty solidified. Oh, yeah. Well, I've, I've been thinking about it for like the last 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then it's probably the last answer, though, that maybe you've been going back and forth on. So this is the last question. And a lot of people say this is the hardest. But it's... if you could change the ending of any movie, which movie would it be and how would you change it and give a fair spoiler warning for our listeners? Okay. Spoiler warning. It's Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. what? <gasps> this is shocking. <laughs> Malia, this is shocking. Wow. Okay. I'm super interested. Okay, so, because we've actually talked about this before. So, you remember the last fight where it goes all Dragon Ball Z and Ares, you find out what Ares looks like and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It it looks way too, it looked, it just looked, it was rushed. I didn't like how it ended. And plus, because Ares wasn't really a fleshed out character anyway in the movie. So, 
just the way that it ended, it could have ended differently. Okay. I and I know a lot of people have have given their critiques on the ending and and especially yes on how CGI heavy that mm-hmm. final battle is and it's I mean it, it honestly it's not very different than what we've gotten from Man of Steel or Batman v Superman where there is a lot of heavy CGI in those final battle scenes. Oh yeah, especially with like um, Doomsday and stuff, yeah. Exactly. So okay, so tell me how you would change it. Okay. Uh, I can't I keep debating cuz Kalani and I were actually talking about it and I'm like I probably keep Steve Trevor alive at least till the second movie. <laughs> And then, uh, kill, and then kill him in some heroic fashion in that way. But I understand that he had to die for the movie. I get that, and I'm not that upset about it. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I would have kept him alive at least for the sequel. And then um, I would have had, like, a spoiler where Ares, would, you know, she didn't really kill him, and he would like, popped back up somewhere since he is the god of war. He's not really, you know, you can't really kill him. So he would pop back somewhere. So you'd at least have him for like to introduce like the next um, villain in like the next Wonder Woman movie. Okay, so see, this is something that we can get into with the, the movie that we're about to review as well, though, is is that that's something I don't understand, at least from Wonder Woman. And when when um, oh, what is Wonder Woman's mom's name? Hippolyta. Yeah, Hippolyta. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when she in the beginning of the movie, when she's telling the young uh, Diana, you know, about what happened and. You know, how Zeus, you know, created humans and then and then Ares corrupted the hearts of humans and turned them against each other. And, you know, there was war. And and so Zeus and the other gods created the Amazonians to, you know, to soften the hearts of men. And but then but then it said that like that Ares started killing the other gods. Right. And and then you learn in the movie that only a god can kill a god. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. So, you know, and so even though, you know, our, when we think of a God, we think, you know, not just immortal, but, but all powerful and, you know, you can't be killed. But at least in what the, the mythology and the lore of DC Comics, gods are real, but they're not quite the way we perceive them and they can die. Yeah, they can. It's, you can, you can kill them, but, you know, in comics, they always find, you know, the, they always find a way to bring them back. So you're not really, you're mostly dead. You're not dead. dead. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they can die. They're like, even though they're immortal. Yeah. There's always a way to kill them. Okay. Well, they always come back. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's something that I'm learning. And because I mean, you are so much more versed in the world of comic books than I am. I'm going to lean heavily on your knowledge for this review. So Malia, after all these months, you've got to answer your, uh, the get to know you questions. How do you feel? I know. I feel great. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's go ahead and move on to um, just announcing, uh, yeah, which movie we are going to be reviewing for this week. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. Okay, and this week's movie review is the much-anticipated Justice League. Yay! Movie details. Following the events in Batman v Superman, 
the world has lost its beacon of hope. Kal-El, the last son of Krypton, Superman, has been killed, sacrificing himself to save the world from doomsday. Batman and Wonder Woman now must pick up the remains of a world in fear and ripe for another attack. Batman continues to see signs of an impending invasion and seeks out other metahumans like Wonder Woman to create a team, a group of superheroes, a Justice League, in order to defend the world from evil that only seeks to enslave it. But with Superman gone, can the likes of Aquaman, Cyborg, The Flash, along with Batman and Wonder Woman be enough to defeat this impending invasion? Justice League was released in US theaters on November 17, 2017, and it has a brisk running time of 1 hour and 59 minutes, and that does include credits. Um, but that also does include two post-credit scenes, so if you guys go see the movie or you haven't seen it yet, stay until the very end. Justice League is rated PG-13 for sequences of sci-fi violence and action. Now listeners, I just have to say this, for a comic book movie that really appeals to younger viewers, like most comic book movies, Justice League does it right. There were hardly any adult humor or sexual innuendos, um, you know, just which I think is pretty common, especially in a lot of Marvel superhero movies. And the language was very minimal, not a single F-bomb that I can remember. Um, and KidsInMind.com gives Justice League a 3 out of 10 for sexual content, a 6 out of 10 for violence, and a 4 out of 10 for profanity. Uh, so me personally, I would feel very comfortable taking my nephews to this movie without wondering if there is any, if there is something not suitable for them. So just, just take that for what you will. <laughs> Justice League stars an incredible cast of well-played heroes. First and foremost, Gal Gadot, who, in my opinion, is the face of um, these DC movies. She is back with a, uh, she is back with a bang as the Amazonian warrior princess Wonder Woman. Uh, ben Affleck makes his second appearance as Batman. And three new actors take up the superhero mantle. Jason Momoa plays Arthur Curry, a.k.a. Aquaman. Ray Fisher plays Victor Stone, a.k.a. Cyborg. And Ezra Miller steals the show as the very lovable and often hilarious Barry Allen or The Flash. Also, Jeremy Irons makes his second appearance as Alfred. And J.K. Simmons takes on the role of Commissioner Gordon. The film is directed by Zack Snyder. Even though this movie went through extensive reshoots, its sole directorial credit goes to Zack Snyder. And Malia and I will get into more of that soon, uh, just in our uh, upcoming review. Zack Snyder has been at the helm of the DC movie universe. He directed the first film that kicked off this cinematic universe with Man of Steel back in 2013, followed by directing Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice in 2016. He was also an executive producer for this year's smash hit Wonder Woman. Snyder is known as an incredible visionary director. He is very talented at making beautiful cinematic experiences and Justice League is no exception. And this film is visually beautiful in my opinion. However, tragically, before filming and production ended on Justice League, in March of this year, Zack Snyder's daughter took her own life. Then in May, about six weeks later, Snyder had announced that he was stepping down from the movie to be with his wife and family as they dealt with their loss. Joss Whedon, who directed Marvel's Avengers, was then given the job to finishing uh, directing and producing this film. So the movie score for Justice League was composed by Danny Elfman. And after having Hans Zimmer compose the incredible scores of Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, Elfman was given the reins on a very short notice after Joss Whedon took over the movie. Elfman is a very well-known and well-respected film composer and has many great original soundtracks to his name, including 
The Nightmare Before Christmas, the original 1989 Batman with Michael Keaton and that brilliant Batman theme, Corpse Bride, Beetlejuice, Dick Tracy, Mission Impossible, Spider-Man, and so many other iconic movies. In short, Justice League, the, the Justice League film score is very different than anything that Hans Zimmer has done before in the DC Universe. My, uh, but I personally enjoyed Elfman's work and considering the circumstances, I think he did a great job. So the production budget for Justice League was an astounding, almost $300 million. Okay, now listeners, this is huge. This is a huge bloated budget for a two-hour movie. Now, I, I do want to set something real clear though first. This movie, this movie went through extensive reshoots and edits once uh, once Whedon came on board, uh, you know the moment that Snyder left and Whedon came on board, Whedon has such a different style than than Snyder, and you know this movie really turned out probably pretty differently than what Snyder had envisioned previously. You know, so I think the movie was probably going to cost around two hundred thirty million dollars, but yeah, add, add on quite a bit of chunk of change just through all those reshoots and edits. So the opening weekend here in the U.S., uh, it, it has been incredibly disappointing for a domestic, a domestic and international opening weekend for a movie this big. Opening weekend in the U.S. was only able to bring in approximately $96 million. This is the lowest opening weekend out of the previous four DC Extended Universe films of Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, and Wonder Woman. This is very bad news for fans of the DC Extended Universe and the actors playing these iconic superheroes. With such a disappointing opening weekend, Warner Brothers can only hope that they will be able to carry the box office uh, through the next few weeks until Star Wars comes out in mid-December. If they can reach a respectable global total and hopefully, hopefully reach the $800 million mark, then there is hope for future films with these uh, cast of actors. If not, we might be looking at the end of the DCEU as we know it. Okay, listeners, now on to our movie review. Backseat Directors, movie review. Okay, Malia, so here we go. This is going to be our movie review. And, you know, I I, I am, I, I have a lot of mixed emotions with doing this review because how excited I was about seeing the movie. And I know you were so excited about the movie, but how the movie has fared over its opening weekend. I I'm kind of surprised actually. I was thinking it would be like in the like high hundreds, like hot like 150, 160. Dude, we had a couple days it was like 95 or something, 95 90, million. 96 million dollars for its opening weekend, which makes it the lowest opening weekend for any of the DC extended universe films. And here's and this is and I think it's because Batman versus Superman don't get and I and I'm not and I'm not saying that is a bad thing because I actually you have to watch the Ultimate Edition but I actually like Batman versus Superman. It's just DC movies are hard to gauge because one everybody loves Marvel. Everybody loves Marvel because I believe it's easy to mm-hmm. love Marvel. It's, oh yeah, they make it easy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And with DC, you kind of have to go in with a with a fair amount of knowledge of what you're about to watch. Like um, Spencer compared it to like it's a, a, a Marvel. You have comic book characters in DC movies. You're watching a comic book turned into a movie, right? So you're watching yes. a live comic book. Yes. So and that makes that makes sense if you really think about it because there's a 
you have to go in with a fair amount of knowledge to a DC movie because they don't explain everything to you. No, and I think I think a lot of is expected for people going into those movies to really one know who, obviously know who the superheroes are, but you know 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 just their persona and their backgrounds and things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, oh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. With because and everyone knows Batman's story because you get hit, you get bludgeoned over the head with his story all the time. <laughs> So everyone knows Batman's origin story and Superman. Everyone pretty much knows Superman too, but like yep. with Wonder Woman and they had to put a lot of information into like two hours. And I'm sure we're going to get an ultimate edition Justice League movie when it comes oh, out. On I sure hope so. I, I sure hope so. There were some parts in the trailers that we didn't get in the movie and I'm really upset about that. But anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. No. So I, yeah, I feel like we're kind of jumping ahead. So let's start from the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So out, out of, all the movies that you knew were coming out this year, was Justice League like the one you were most excited about, or at least like maybe in the top three? For yeah, for superhero movies, yes, not my most anticipated because that's Star Wars and that's Ooh. a whole thing. But <laughs> <laughs> and that's another fandom we share. Yes, but, absolutely. <laughs> but no, yeah, I would say I'd say top two. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and I, I kind of found myself. As the days got closer to the lead up of Justice League, I was getting more and more and more excited. And it was it was strange because, okay, so Malia, I love that Man of Steel movie. That 2013, uh, 2013 Zack Snyder film, Man of Steel, I love that movie for so many different reasons, right? And I loved, uh, you know, and, and the... Um, the Dark Knight trilogy, the Christopher Nolan movies with Christian Bale as Batman, those movies are so near and dear to me. I just adore those movies, okay? You know, and so Man of Steel comes out, and, it, you know, it says that Zach's, or, or uh, Christopher Nolan is an executive producer on that. And I'm like, ooh, okay, he's not directing it. That's all right. But he's an executive producer. We're, like, this is kind of cool. Like, I wonder how much influence there is going to be. And I don't know how much there actually was but i you know having not been too familiar with Zack snyder and having i think i'd only seen maybe dawn of the dead in like 300 before man of steel and so i was kind of unfamiliar with Zack snyder i still loved it so much so so man of steel though for you i I mean two thumbs up for that movie oh of course yeah okay yeah love that movie so but then then three years go by before a, another DC movie comes out, three years. Well, I think I think in there in the middle there was a <laughs> there was the uh, Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds, which uh, uh yeah, we don't talk about that. <laughs> we disavow any information about that movie. <laughs> but, but but you know, and I guess what you know what fans have termed you know the DC extended universe. Um, it was three years before we got the next sequel into this story, and that was Batman v Superman. And so I know you say that you really like that movie and you like the ultimate edition much more than the theatrical. And so mm-hmm. I, I know the first time I saw that movie, I went with my brother Hunter and we were both like, oh, come on. Is this really the movie we got? And I was pretty disappointed in the movie. I'm not going to lie. I did not like it on my first showing. However, once I started the podcast, once I started to talk to you and all the other you know people that we chat with online and everybody kept saying, you got to go and see it again. Watch it again. Watch the Ultimate Edition again. I think you're going to like it more. Mm-hmm. I got it. I watched it. And I did like it more. I did. Um, I didn't like it as much as Man of Steel, but I still enjoyed it more. 
So tell me between Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, which which is kind of your go-to? Man of Steel. Oh, okay. Any specific reasons why? I'm not Man of Steel was just it was it was a perfect setup movie for what they wanted to do with Superman. Yeah. It was a it was the perfect setup movie. They showed the and the way they because you know they talk about Krypton all the time. Krypton exploded, but you actually got to see what Krypton was like. Oh, I know. Oh, that and, that intro with Russell Crowe on Krypton, mm-hmm. incredible. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> so and you got to see and you actually got to see Superman trying to figure out. You know, oh my gosh, what you know this wow i'm an alien i have to start figuring stuff out how do i fit in here when i don't fit in you know i don't fit in there i don't fit in here you know what what i loved it and kevin costner as pa kent awesome yes i i really did like kevin costner (laughs) yes he was very good very good yes and then um michael uh oh my gosh what's zod's name oh michael shannon yeah, Michael Shannon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Michael Shannon is Zod. Don't get me wrong. Terrence Stamp is Zod in Superman 2. A treasure. But Michael Shannon was awesome as oh, Zod. Michael just... Shannon was maybe one of my favorite parts of that movie. Yes. Yeah. So, no. It was Zack Snyder for his first foray into, like, superhero geekdom. And I think he did good by the fanboys. I think he did okay. Yeah. No, and and it, and it, was, a, it was a decent film that was received by critics and it did it did decent in the box office as well i think i think it reached almost 700 million um uh, and that and that's worldwide um and so when batman v superman came out i think a lot of people were really excited about this one and it it crushed it opening weekend it crushed it and it did so well opening weekend but then all the reviews started to roll in so tell me mm-hmm. when, when you saw Batman v Superman, and and I'm assuming you're a big fan of the Dark Knight trilogy as well. Oh yeah, I yeah Christian Bale as Batman, loved him. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So so what what were you? I guess what was your kind of first take of Batman v Superman when it came out last year? Oh, first take. Okay. So when they announced Ben Affleck was going to be Batman, oh, I did not jump aboard that ship very fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you and me both you and me both no that took a lot of okay you know i'll, I'll give him a chance we'll see right. what happens all right right i was i was impressed back okay. did really well okay okay and henry cavill is superman he's just he's awesome and then when you found out wonder woman was going to show up that just sold it but see jesse eisenberg is lex luther he wasn't lex luther he was the riddler right yeah he, but see and but they didn't explain it in the theatrical version. You don't know why he was all going nutty and crazy. And yeah, but if you watch the ultimate edition, you you understand why he's going all nutty and crazy. You didn't. And it's like, oh, Lex is just being eccentric, or he's just whatever. And you just didn't get that he was getting he was getting um he was getting persuaded by the by the mother boxes and all that stuff too. So oh, okay. No, wait. Did does that? Th- that's not explained though in Batman v Superman, is it? Even in the Ultimate yeah. Edition, it is. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. All right, Malia, you are you are <laughs> dropping bombs on me right now. I, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. Now, I just watched Batman v Superman, the Ultimate Edition, the night before Justice League came out on Thursday, and yeah. I, d- I don't remember that. Okay. Do you remember like when um? And do you remember when um? 
uh, Bruce was talking about Lex's journals and notebooks, and it had the pictures of the boxes, and you and you kind of see in in um, the Ultimate Edition too. You see the boxes just doing weird stuff and everything, and Lex is just trying to figure everything out, and he's scribbling, and yeah, it's because of the power from the mother boxes that Lex was doing all the why he was going all eccentric and nuts. Okay, see, because the only time I remember seeing the the mother box is when. You know, Wonder Woman and and, and um, Bruce Wayne they steal, you know, the the hard drive from from um, from Lex Luthor at his party, and then they start going through the files, right? And mm-hmm. and that's when you see Cyborg and you see the Mother Box, and then you see how Cyborg is being created and things like that. And it's a really quick clip, but that's the only time I remember seeing the Mother Board. So I'm I okay, I must not be paying close enough attention. Now, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that, but that that does make even more sense now for me well good <laughs> <laughs> okay so okay so i mean when you saw batman v superman did you like it the first time you saw it did you like it the first time yes i did okay i had you know i had issues like everybody did but yeah. no as an overall movie i enjoyed it yes okay so okay spoiler alert and i cannot say this enough and you guys have already been listening to the podcast when you've mentioned this multiple <laughs> times but if you've not seen batman v superman Spoiler alert. Superman dies at the end. All right. So and what a lot of people or or what I guess Zack Snyder has unofficially said is that the the movies that he has directed in the DC Extended Universe from Man of Steel to Batman v Superman and now Justice League. This is his tribute to Superman and it is Superman's story. All right. Even though Batman v Superman, he shares a lot of screen time with Bruce Wayne and Batman and Wonder Woman, um, and then obviously in Justice League. Um, I, I this is a spoiler free podcast, so let's not give too much away. Um, oh, that's <laughs> you know, I I think only people expect what to see in that movie, and if Superman does or does not return, right? Right. Um, I think a lot of people's issues, though, were that, oh, I don't like how Superman is being portrayed, and Superman is too mopey, Superman is a downer, Superman is depressed. And that was one of my issues, too, with with Batman v Superman, until people began to kind of explain to me what Zack Snyder's logic is, and that, like, look, if you are Superman, you think this is going to be some type of easy, easy transition to becoming, like, the most powerful and strongest person alive? Mm-hmm. You know, like, are, are, is it everything going to be sunshine and rays of glory, you know, from you think everybody's going to love you? And so when I started to think about this on a very human level on like, these are the struggles that Superman would go through if you were him and, you know, he were you, etc. It started to make a lot more sense to me. And I become more OK with how Superman has been portrayed in Batman v Superman. Oh, yeah. He, he was raised human. It's not like and if you fu- if I found out I had even half the powers he did, he ha- he'd handle it way better than I did. I would. Right. There's <laughs> because <laughs> you, and then think if you 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 have an you have power you have powers that could literally crush a planet if you wanted to. Right. And he actually and you know, and uh, Holly Hunter's senator character. Right. You know he does he doesn't answer to anybody. He does answer to people. Right. Yes. Yes. He starts to be restrained and at least respectful of what people's wishes are, even if that is to the detriment of those he could help. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so it's not that he doesn't answer. He's he's just, he's like everybody else on the planet. He's just trying to figure out what his place is in the universe. He's just trying to figure out what to do without, you know, causing the least amount of collateral damage possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, he was a total Superman rookie in Man of Steel anyway. And so he's, you know, he's, I think he's learned his lesson on how to uh, oh. <laughs> minimize that collateral damage. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, so, but, but Malia, since this is not a, a um, Batman v Superman review, let's go ahead and move on to Justice League, all right? So, okay. so moving into Justice League, though, you know, we got Wonder Woman this summer and we got two DC movies. After seeing Wonder Woman, how excited? Because I know you love that movie. How excited were you for Justice League? I I was so excited that the team was getting together. Oh, yes. I <laughs> I, I I was cons- when it was really at the at the end of when at the end of you know spoiler at the end of you know Batman versus Superman where Superman dies and then they announced that they were doing Justice League. And then everyone's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And I'm, you know, how can you do Justice League without Superman? Right. One, he helped he helped found the Justice League in right. the comic book. So there's no way you can have a Justice League without Superman. Right, right. <laughs> so you knew he was going to come back, maybe. Yeah, no, and yeah, I mean, that, that that's everybody's expectation, absolutely. And, I mean, we know that Henry Cavill is in the movie anyway. Yeah. So I... I was so excited when they announced Justice League. I, that, yeah, no, I, I was really excited that they finally did it. Same here. And I think for a lot of people too, I think Wonder Woman restored faith in the average and the casual moviegoer into seeing more DC films. Yeah. You know, I mean, cause this is, we're not talking about the diehards and the super comic book fans like you and your family, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to watch, you know, watch the DC animated movies and everything too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what was the one thing that you were, I guess you were most excited to see in Justice League and did that movie deliver on what you were excited to see? What I was excited to see. Yeah. Like what was the one thing you were so pumped and like, oh my gosh, I, this is what I'm so excited for in Justice League. Watching everybody start working together mm. as having everybody on the screen at the same time. Right. And when that actually happened, my heart little my my heart fluttered. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would have to say I okay. So and same here with my I guess my very positive experience that I had with Wonder Woman. I began to start to look at Gal Gadot. And, and the Wonder Woman character is like, oh, my gosh, she's kind of like the face of, of the DC films now. I think mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are looking to her as kind of the savior of these films and, you know, that she could really carry these movies. And, and for me, I was I was so excited to see her again as Wonder Woman and to see what she could do, because obviously in Wonder Woman, she's just discovering her powers. But yeah. now Justice League is like 100 years later and she is really coming to her own. And so. You know, I was very excited to see, okay, what can Wonder Woman really show us? <laughs> oh, yeah, and she delivered. She was fierce. I love – I, and she's perfect for Wonder Woman. They show, they, they did a good job choosing her. Yeah, I totally agree. Absolutely. Okay, so, Malia, let's talk about – you know, let's let's get the bad taste out of, our mouth, uh, out of our mouth first and talk about some of the things that we didn't like about this movie. Would you like to go first? Uh, why don't you go first? Okay. Because I think we might have the same issue I'm thinking. Okay, so this this is something that I, I probably a lot of people will not have known if you know they don't keep on, up on 
um, I guess just, you know, the film industry, movie news, etc. You know, Zack Snyder, he was the director of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, tragically, um, his daughter committed suicide back in March of this year. And Zack Snyder ultimately stepped away from the movie before it was even done filming, right? So not it wasn't even in post production. I I believe they were still they were still finishing up filming, and and so he steps down. He's no longer on the project, and Warner Brothers hires Josh Whedon to finish the movie. Okay. Yeah. Josh Josh uh, Josh Whedon. He is the director of Marvel's Avengers and I believe Age of Ultron as well. Yeah. And has a very, very different style from Zack Snyder. Yeah, he does. And I think that is very prominent in the movie because the, if you compare Man of Steel and Batman v Superman versus Justice League, tonally, it is very different. Not that I didn't... I did not like that, but I think, I think that there was a comedic element to the movie that was, it it just, it, it seemed like Marvel a little bit too much to me. And, and so, and so, and, and again, that's, that's just Whedon style and that's fine. Mm -hmm. What I, I, what I'm very interested to see though, is if, if if it was Snyder's film from start to finish and he was able to complete the project himself, what would the movie have looked like? And maybe we will get that eventually. Maybe we will have that director's cut or ultimate edition or whatever Warner Brothers maybe decides to put out. Yeah. Um, however, though, however, this is not necessarily a critique on how much I, or maybe that I didn't like the movie, but just that I, I feel like it's. It's super unfortunate. Obviously, it's a terrible thing that what Zack Snyder and his family are going through and what happened to his daughter. It's horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how it affects the movie is so minuscule and so small compared to this awful tragedy that his family has gone through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I am just curious. I am curious because Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder is first and foremost a comic book fan and he loves the DC comics and the, and the superheroes. He loves Superman. He loves Batman. And I think for him, for him, he was taking great care of these characters and what he as a comic book fan wanted to show on screen. And so I, I just, I, I wish, I wish we could have seen what he would have been able to do. I think, you know, cause you talked about, uh, or we talked about, I, I can't remember if we had started recording yet or not. You know, there was a lot of those, um, the pieces in the trailer that were cut from the movie and things that I think could have been very cool, very cool to keep in the movie. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I just, I, I think overall I would have really liked to see what Zack Snyder could have done if it was his from start to finish. Oh yeah. I, I, I agree. Cause you can def you can, in some points you can definitely tell there's a tonal shift. Cause you're like, it went from like super serious to like, Oh, the Flash made a joke. Yes, oh, or, you know, and not saying that Ezra Miller wasn't fantastic because he, oh he was, he was. <laughs> but you could tell where you could tell. I you could. It was just little, like like you were saying. It's just little things. It didn't have anything to impede the story, or or like when um 
when Hen- when they had to go back for reshoots and Henry Cavill had to they had to like take the mustache off his oh, face. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you did you notice some of the did you notice his face in some of the shoots? I too? I mean I knew people were complaining about it before going into the movie and so like yeah so you know you're like, I, I I yeah I had already prepared myself and so I honestly didn't really care. I don't think it was that noticeable. It was maybe oh. it was maybe two scenes and it was you know. I don't know, a total of 30 seconds screen time. Yeah. And, oh, I don't know. This would probably be a spoiler. So I can't tell you what my part might, what my, it'd be a spoiler. I can't tell you what my, what my thing is. Okay. Okay. Listeners, spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Malia's going to tell me what she's going to tell me. And then I will decide later when I edit this podcast, whether or not I will keep it. (laughs) Okay. So do you remember when you, okay, you were, we were, we were talking during the live show and, we were talking somehow we got on the subject of the mother boxes and I'm like soups that, you know, soups doesn't eat a mother box. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh huh. And then he ended up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I did. And I get it. I get why they used it for continuity in the story and everything. I get it. But in, if it was, if it, and I think it was a Joss Whedon thing too, just from how it was. But I think, if it if it would have if they would have made the movie a little longer, they could have explained. Because by the end of Batman versus Superman, he was already there was already hints that he was going to come back to life. Oh, and yes, and yes, I Malia, this is an excellent point, absolutely, because it, it it gives it gives no reason to that final scene that you see in Batman v Superman when after he's buried, you see the dirt just ever so slightly lift off of his coffin mm-hmm. and how how would that happen if he was dead dead you know yeah. And so yeah i i mean is that do you is that what you suppose is that what you suspect that that is a a whedon addition yeah i'm thinking so and 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 if and the way they were you know discussing the mother boxes and everything because steppenwolf came you know and he was trying it, it, the mother boxes was like the main thing in the story i right. get I get having to use it to. I am. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it to move the story forward. I get it. How? Uh, okay, no. <laughs> we, we. This is something we could talk about offline because because okay. yeah, they're, th- these are definitely spoilers. So yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to figure out how to edit this, but. <laughs> I, I can say something else. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, so. Uh, one of the other big critiques I think that a lot of people have hammered on this movie is that yes, it. it it's it's a fairly messy movie in terms of its editing, and I think a lot of that just has to do with Whedon coming on board and the reshoots and and not pushing the movie back on its release date, but trying to keep the release date, and so just scrambling to get this movie finished. Yeah, but that it especially was especially when you have like five origin stories to tell. All yes, the same time yes, yes, and I know a lot of people also think that you know Justice League would have benefited from maybe one or two more. Um, origin origin movies for maybe Flash or Aquaman, and um, and I think I think there there is some merit to that, but I think you know I think having them appear in Justice League is not going to deter them from having still incredible you know single movies with like Aquaman coming out next year. Oh yeah, no, not at all. Um, however, though, so the thing uh, I think one of the big things though is a lot of people are complaining about how CGI heavy this movie is. Um, and, and it is, and it is, and there's a lot of parts that I think could have really succeeded using practical effects had they been able to have the time to do something like that. 
you know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, Cyborg just looks terrible, that he's completely CGI and stuff like that. And, oh, I thought he looked awesome. Oh, so did I. So did I. And, and, I, and I mean, the one thing, again, the one thing that I think would have been really cool is that I, I think it would have been fairly easy for them to create practical effects and makeup for him for his face. Had oh, they been yeah. able to do it for his face, I think that would have played very well into creating the rest of his, you know, his cyborg mechanical body um, as CGI. But did anything about the CGI outside of um, someone's mustache removal <laughs> bother you? <laughs> no. Zack Snyder really likes slow motion. Yeah. And I, it's understandable with all the flash parts. The slow motion makes sense. It does. Yes. And when, yeah. And when and then the beginning where the terrorists are in the bank or the museum or where where Wonder Woman was. Right. I, her her being in slow motion makes sense too, just to show how fast that she is in real time. Right. Against humans and stuff. But he, it's like J.J. Abrams with the lens flare. Zack Snyder really digs the slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess at a few points it were you kind of just like, uh, come on, that's enough slow mo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But other than that, there's nothing that really like. I thought Cyborg looked incredible. Yes. I mean, it could have been a lot worse than what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And he looked. He looked pretty cool. I thought. Yeah, and so you know, I, I'm, I think they've announced. I think they've announced a Cyborg movie coming out in like 2019, maybe or 2020. I can't. I don't. I don't. I can't remember. If they handle I, that well, it'll be so good. Oh, and can you imagine if it was a Cyborg movie with like Cyborg and the Flash in it? Oh. That would- yeah, yeah, I would cool. love that. I would love that. So, okay, just I guess to finish up our critiques, then we can you know move on to our highlights and just talk about everything we loved about this movie. But um, the movie did feel rushed. It was under two hours. You know, if you don't it's... include credits, uh, the movie was like an hour and forty five minutes. It was it... not very long. Not at all. And so it, 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 it many times it did feel rushed, and I feel like it could have really benefited from an extra twenty minutes of the movie, and you know. Yes, there are some CGI issues with the movie, but nothing that bothered me just because I'm I'm used to it on how Zack Snyder does his films from Man of Steel, Batman v Superman. And and yeah, it's just it's just his style. So either you like it or you don't, and that's fine. But um I think overall, overall I just would have liked to see what the movie would have been had Zack been at the helm from start to finish. So Yeah. So yeah, uh, any any other critiques or anything you wanted to uh, say about the movie that you think or could have or you wish would have been better? Uh, I wish it would have been. I wish it would have been longer. Yeah. Because I would. Because yeah, it's like like I said, you know, when you go into a DC movie, you kind of got you know a little bit. It's like they kind of explained why you know Barry was the way he was, why his dad was in jail. You know, Cyborg got fixed up by his dad. Right. Uh, and Aquaman, he you know, Batman goes into Iceland or wherever and finds Arthur Curry, and you're just kind of like, okay, this all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so if you just had a little more time to flesh out, like, just even a little bit more of who they were, then I think, because a, a DC movie under two hours, that, no. I know, <laughs> I know. Especially with Justice League. Yes, I know, I know, and I think it was shocking to a lot of people when they found out that oh my gosh, this movie's going to be under two hours. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, when you have like five people on a, you know, five six people on a team, and you're like, okay, so everyone gets like ten minutes to be explained <laughs> right. why they're right. why they're the way they are. Okay, right, right. <laughs> and yeah, three of the six 
I don't have origin movies. <laughs> yeah, so you're kind of like, okay. <sighs> yes, yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about our highlights. Tell me what you just loved about this movie. Oh my gosh. Um, I I loved Ezra Miller as the Flash. He was oh. cuz he was Baby Flash. He wasn't like he wasn't, you know, Barry Allen, fastest man alive. Right. He's still kind of like okay he you know? he's, he's not a superhero he doesn't know how no. to be a superhero <laughs> he's like it's like it's great that you guys know you know you're ready to charge into battle i push people and run away yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i love that batman was actually kind of trying to mentor him and say you know just save one and then you'll know what to do after that yes you'll yeah figure it out yeah yeah no i i ezra miller was a perfect casting choice for mm-hmm. barry allen absolutely yes and I love that Aquaman got more and more bro-like by the end of the movie. He was just like, you know what? This is awesome. Okay, let's hang. We're good. I can do this. And when he was sitting on the lasso, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was And Wonder was Woman's just sitting perfect. there going, yeah, okay. Yes. Hello. Oh my gosh. That scene was perfect. It was so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah so one of my, one of my just favorite things about this movie was how each actor totally owned their characters and made them unique to themselves um you, you know i think a lot of people thought cyborg was the weak link but i don't think so oh i think no, i i love ray fisher as cyborg and I, I and i hope i really hope they can do a cyborg movie and he is still cyborg when that time comes but yeah ezra miller as barry allen ben affleck as batman has really grown on me Obviously, Gal Gadot is the perfect Wonder Woman. And Jason Momoa. Like, could you choose a better person to play Aquaman? <laughs> and, and I love that they showed I love that they showed Atlantis. And I love that they showed Mira and her powers, too. Yeah. she's yeah. harsh. I love her. Mira is awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, with Aquaman supposed to come out next year, I think there's a lot of cool stories you could tell with just just Atlantis, yeah, and the, the Atlantean people and Aquaman and Mira, yes, yeah, it could be very and, cool. Yeah, and with Cyborg, I was impressed because yeah, everyone was like, oh yeah, he's gonna be because he's 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 the least known out of all of them. Cyborg's not really he's popular, but he's not like he's not in the whole you know the holy trinity of no no theory. not at all yeah I, I and to be honest to be honest. Um, you know, without me not growing up in, in the world of comic books or anything like that, um, I I had always known, you know, about kind of the other characters that come in and out of the Justice League and things like that. But Cyborg was just, he was very much unknown to me. So uh, having them there, I think, was an awesome addition and, and very, very wise to make him a part of this original first Justice League team. Oh, yeah. And... I love that they did mention, if it's a spoiler alert, um, that they did show that the Lanterns and the Atlanteans and the Amazons during, you know, when Steppenwolf explained Yeah, yeah, kind of the history on on how he has dominated worlds and things like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, very cool, very cool. That was was a good surprise. That was a good surprise, and I, I very much enjoyed seeing that. Um, okay, so here's, here's another thing, and tell me what you think of this. So Hans Zimmer has, he, he did the, uh, movie score, the film score for Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, and then you got um, Wonder Woman, who was um, oh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, shoot, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. I, I call him the Deb Cello guy. <laughs> 
Well, he he's kind of like a, I don't want to say he's like an understudy of Hans Zimmer, but Hans Zimmer has like he created this group of composers, film composers, and oh, it's a Rupert Gregson Williams. Oh, he okay. he composed Wonder Woman, and he took a lot of those Wonder Woman elements that were introduced in Batman v Superman, incorporated into the Wonder Woman movie, and I very much liked it. But then you get Danny Elfman to come and score Justice League, and Danny Elfman, we all know him from doing the score for the original Batman movies with Michael Keaton. So what did is it was this something that you noticed or something that you were concerned about or liked about the movie? I, did you like the music in the movie? I loved it. When I heard when I heard the 89 Batman theme when he was in the Batmobile, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is so awesome." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so awesome. And then when you heard the original Superman theme too, Oh, oh my goodness. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I so I bought the album about a week before the movie came out and I listened to it and I was listening to all the songs and then all of a sudden I heard those cues and I I just started it was it like chills. yes, it was like going back to being age six or seven again when like I remember I remember seeing Batman for the first time. I remember those themes. I remember just everything about it, how much I loved it as a kid. And it brought me back to my childhood. And from that point on, I was so happy that Danny Elfman was scoring the movie. I yes. know. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. And it fit. Yes, it, fit. It, it did. And I, I really did enjoy it. It's very different than Hans Zimmer. Like, like they couldn't be more different. But I, I just, I very much enjoyed it. And I love those Hans Zimmer scores. I really do. And I just... I think Danny Elfman did a great job. So that that is another one of my big highlights of this movie. Yeah, I loved yeah, the music was awesome. And when you start when you hear Wonder Woman's theme, you're just kinda like, Oh, you know you know you're in for it now. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. You know, as good as okay, as good as, you know, like the classic John Williams Superman theme is and Danny Elfman's Batman, what Hans Zimmer did with the Wonder Woman theme, oh, Nothing gets you so pumped and so excited to, to, and then to hear that Wonder Woman theme. It is it's rocking. It's so it good. It is. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I I mean just, you know, outside of Batman v Superman when you saw Wonder Woman, you know, and in uh after they get through the trenches and she's going through jumping through freaking buildings and Wonder Woman and the moment that theme comes on and she's just kicking butt, oh my goodness, yeah. It's very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say I stood up in the theater and cheered or anything, but I did. <laughs> she showed up on screen and i'm like Woo-hoo! oh my goodness okay Malie. so any um any other things uh about the movie before we uh kind of move on uh highlights yeah oh my goodness uh no that would be a spoiler the first post credit scene with the race mm, yes yeah yeah let's just keep it at that it's a yeah, race. It's a race. It's a race. <laughs> and it's fantastic. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yes. No, I love I just love it was it was cool watching Batman, you know, learning how to play well with others. Yes. And then Barry's like, "Oh man. Oh man." And he's just like his eyes just get bigger and he's like, "This is not going to end well." <laughs> okay, I'm I'm going to tell you right now, Malia, that is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> That scene is my favorite scene in the movie. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay, but don't be mad. I might. I might have to edit this out right now because. No, no, that's okay. It, and it felt kind of rushed too, where you know they're on the they're on the plane and um, 
uh, Batfleck gets in um, Wonder Woman's face about Steve Trevor. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm like, dude, really? Yeah. Yeah, that... Uh... That was pretty. Yeah, that was pretty harsh. But that was a good scene. I re- I, I enjoyed that one though. Oh no, yeah, I did too. But you're just you're like it's like, dude, you have a death wish or something? Because we'll see. Let's go. You know, talk about talk. You know, see. and and it was just oh, it was just a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I could just talk forever. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then. <laughs> so okay, so let's let's do this. So this is the last thing that I like to talk about when uh, when we're reviewing a movie. So before we do our recommendation, tell me, tell me what uh, if there were any specific messages or themes that you took away from Justice League. Anything that stood out to you as like an overall message or something like that. Teamwork. Mm. Because they got more accomplished together than they did work than they did doing everything separate. Because Batman would go off, hey, do this, hey, do that, and everyone's like, yeah, no, you're gonna last like three minutes, dude. Right, right, yeah. No, that that's good. That's really good. And, uh, you know, for for me, I, you know, outside of teamwork, because I think I think that's kind of the overall message overall of the movie, thing, yeah. right? Yeah, but just because it's it's all about them coming together, you know, and without them coming together, because they each they each individually get a shot at at steppenwolf mm-hmm. and they're unable to beat him right yeah um but what i what i really really enjoyed uh, you know and as much as these three movies you know as like zach snyder, zach snyder says as his tribute to superman i have really enjoyed batman in these movies and so when i uh, you know when i think about it I, I guess an overall message that i took away from this movie is that you know, Batman has been Batman for 20 plus years as, you know, Ben Affleck is supposed to be portraying Batman. He's been doing this for a long time. He's getting old. He's getting slow. He's getting beat up. Right. Mm-hmm. And he he knows he knows that he is not what he once used to be. And he is able to accept his role and his place among all these other incredibly, you know, much more powerful superheroes than he is. I mean, you know, when, when, when Barry Allen asked him, you know, well, what's your superhero or what's your superpower? You know, he's, I'm rich, but mm-hmm. as funny as that is, it's true though. Like, Oh yeah, it's totally true. And so I, I like, I like how Batman has been able to come into his own and really just accept his place. And that, you know, he, you know, he's not as strong as any of these other heroes. Uh, not not even close. I mean, you have you have a couple demigods. You have an alien that really can't die, and you have you know you have a cyborg who who yeah he's human, but he is so much more than what Batman is yeah. in terms of his humanity. You know, and then the Flash. You know, and so I think I think I just really enjoyed how Batman was able to, you know, in in. I guess in many different ways, humble himself and accept what he is able to do and do it well. So, so yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I like, yeah, I like this version of Batman too, but th- cause this Batman's been through the, he's been through the ringer. He, yes. he, you know, he had, he had Robin killed by the Joker. He's had, you know, he's had the Joker in his face. He's had the penguin in his face. He's had right. everybody. And then he just keeps on, you know, he goes, I may hate the world, but the world needs saving. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. No. And I think that's great. I really do. Um, okay, Malia, um, you ready to move on to the final segment? Yes. Okay. This is our backseat director's recommendation. Our recommendation. Okay, Malia, you know how this goes. 
we need to recommend this movie or or not to the listeners okay so is this is justice league for you is it a go see it meaning you got to go see this in theaters and you're going to have a blast is it a maybe wait meaning you enjoyed the movie you think it's worth seeing but you know you don't have to go see it in theaters or is it a no go it is a go see it in the theaters and make sure you go see it in IMAX yes oh and i'm so <laughs> glad you yes i'm so glad you said that because I saw it in IMAX and it was fantastic in IMAX. It was so much fun. Oh, it was yeah, it was a blast. I yeah. loved it. I'd go see I'll go I'll go see it in three D. I'll go see it again and again and again. <laughs> and again. Yeah, I and you know, I, I'm I, I probably enjoy uh comic book and superhero movies much more than the average moviegoer. But I had a lot of fun with this movie. If you, if any of you listening have enjoyed any of those previous movies of, you know, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Wonder Woman, etc., this movie is just as good, if not better, than those movies. And 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 we don't need to rank them right now, Malia. But that is something that maybe I'll ask you a little bit down the line because once because I want to get another viewing of this movie before I rank it among the other movies. But yeah, I, I want to do that too. Yeah, um, it, it's just. It's fun and it was entertaining. And yes, it's a mess at times, but I very much enjoyed this movie and I will gladly go see it again in theater. So my recommendation along with Malia is a go see it. I agree. Well, good. (laughs) DC movies get an unfair rap. It's not because Marvel does a good job. Don't get me wrong. Some of my favorite, you know, I love Marvel movies. I'll go see, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a superhero movie, but DC gets an unfair rap and I don't understand what the hate is for DC because their movies are pretty awesome. Yeah. Neither do I, 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 you know, it's, and it's unfortunate. It really is because I, I think, I think people who have an influence, you know, or at least have a, 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 sphere, a sphere of influence over, you know, over people who decide to go see a movie and their opinions on movie, on movies. I think I think DC movies are unfairly, heavily, extreme, and just very, very much criticized much more than the average superhero movie. And yes, Marvel makes great movies; they really do. But just because DC movies are different than Marvel and the style of Marvel does not make them bad. And no. and I think that's what a lot of people have a hard time separating. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's just. It's just interesting to see, though, because you can tell, like, the, you know, it's like you don't have to be a Marvel lover. You don't have to be a DC lover. You can love both and enjoy them the same. You don't have to be loyal to one or the other. No, not I, at all. Not at all. Yeah. And it's, 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 I think it's so lame. <laughs> I think it's so lame that people do have those allegiances. I think it's very childish. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it, it, it's kind of ironic. It's childish when you're going to see superhero movies that you've yes. loved since you were a kid. <laughs> No, I know. I know. I know. Preach, Malia. Preach. <laughs> okay, well, Malia, this is uh, this has been our podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Yay! Yeah, no, it's so great having you on. I, I, it's been a long time coming, and I think it was well worth the wait. I think so. I think it, I think it did. It did. Okay, so Malia, a final thing. If, if any of the listeners who are listening now, if they want to talk, you know, not just Justice League, but anything in all things, comic books and superheroes with you, because I know you love talking about them, um, where can they reach out to you and follow you on social media? Uh, let's see. On Facebook, it's Malia Stoner. On Instagram, I am Takiyasu Girl, um, Takiyasu Girl 05. 
and on Twitter, I am Girl 69 at Okay, perfect. And I'll make sure, I'm, I'm going to tag you on all the posts when I announce you know, this episode, and then we'll most likely be ready tomorrow. We are recording Sunday evening, so we'll be out on Monday. Uh, but yeah, I'll tag you and everything. And so yeah, listeners, go follow Malia. She is such a fun follow. She's very engaging, loves to talk all things superheroes and comic books. And next month, it's going to be Star Wars, so it's going to be even better. <laughs> So, I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Me too, Malia. But Malia, thank you so much for joining me. I had a blast. I hope you did too. I did. Thank you for having me on. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode and our review of Justice League. Thank you for downloading the podcast. If you guys want to make sure to stay up to date with all the podcasts and the movie reviews that we do on Backseat Directors, um, follow us on um, – you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Play. Uh, Podbean, Stitcher, and any other podcast outlet that you may subscribe to. And uh, yeah, if you want to be a backseat director, movie reviewer, just like Malia, let me know. Reach out to me online, send me a message, and we'll have you on the podcast just like Malia. So on behalf of Malia, I am Andre Hutchins with Backseat Directors, and we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album, Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids, and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. And turn off your phone.